You know, there are many ridiculous things about social media. Among them is that it's implied, with a few exceptions, that uh, these Facebook friendships somehow equate to and deserve the same status and polite considerations as real friends. <laughs> you know, real life friends. Another is that people from one long-dead, bygone era of your life should be automatically transported, fast-forwarded, time-warped to this one. You know, maybe there was a reason we didn't stay in touch when it actually required, you know, some basic effort. Uh, Also, that uh, for some reason, when interacting on a friend's Facebook page, uh, we're required to interact with their other friends as well. I don't know how many times it's happened, though. I've had a million social and political chats on Facebook where my friends have posted something uh, to either induce discussion or to make some kind of a statement. I'll comment on it, and boom, social media warfare with people I don't even know. (laughs) Uh, It happened with Tsar Kristoff a few weeks ago on his page with a member of his family. I mean, it was pathetic. You know, you don't discuss politics and religion at a bar. And you shouldn't be forced to have these conversations with strangers you meet on the internet via a common friend. It's goofy. You know, we don't introduce all of our friends to all of our other friends because, you know, they might not get along. Why the hell do we do that online? It's ridiculous. Anyhow, after several Ferguson debate debacles, I finally decided that I've had enough. Uh, I cleared out my Facebook friends list. Again, I've done this before, but I, I seriously, I did a massive, massive purge this time. But not just of the, you know, the, the, the conservatives and the teabaggers and the racists and all that, but I, I got rid of almost everyone uh, from my past who plays no direct role in my present or in my life moving forward. You know, just sort of the placekeepers that were there. Uh, radio, school, all of it. Instituted Basically, a no-tolerance policy towards ignorance, uh, especially the willful variety. Especially friends from antiquity that were only there because of what they meant, maybe in the Reagan or the Daddy Bush era. Why are you even here anymore? So we can tell stories about pissing in Ted Nugent's yard over and over again? Where is the relevancy here? Finally dawned on me. (laughs) Get rid of a man. There's nothing positive going on. You're just going to ruin good memories. Right? And it's funny, though, because, you know, my specific micro-generation had a bizarre initial experience with Facebook. Uh, it really started taking off about the time of my 20-year reunion. So instead of having to put forth, I don't know, great and questionable effort <laughs> to go see all of these ghosts from way back when, go see them in person at reunions, we just hit them up on Facebook. It was a virtual multi-class reunion online. And there were gaggles of these ghosts, man. Many of them I had legitimately forgotten until I saw their names pop up. I had forgotten they existed. I wouldn't know or miss them if they had died. Yet here they were, on Facebook, interacting with me. (laughs) It was bizarre. Up until that point, uh, especially if we'd moved away too, like I did uh, a long time ago, we just wondered what had happened to these folks if we remembered them, right? And then all of a sudden, there they were. Uh, More of them every week, all at our fingertips. And, you know, it was, I got to admit, it was pretty cool. Uh, Neat to see what had happened to all of these people. And uh, in some cases, explore how we we changed over the years, over the decades. Or in some cases, (laughs) 
in a lot of cases, hadn't changed a bit. Uh, I think this experience was more extreme for some of us. Uh, I mean, many people in Michigan's sweaty redneck groin never bothered to leave. Uh, life had gone on pretty much the same. I mean, the passage of time for them uh, was gradual. It was a slow process. I'd left, and for the most part, I didn't look back at all. Uh, so when I reconnected with these folks, the shock of 10, 15, 20 years was extreme. When the last time I'd seen these people, early 20s, late teens, early 20s, all of a sudden they're middle age. Like, whoa, holy shit, you've got kids that are like your age the last time I saw you. These people are not always supposed to follow you from epic to epic to epic, from different phases of your life to the next or to another. I think the negatives now, I think they're, they're beginning to trump the benefits in a lot of cases. Uh, young people are fleeing in droves for other more, I don't know, controllable platforms. And many older people like Chris and I we're either leaving or at least drastically paring down these friends lists and these interactions we're having and reestablishing boundaries, setting up what I like to call cyber fences. You're not supposed to be, you're not invited. You're, you, you, I'll invite you in when I want you on my yard. It's like requiring marginally meaningful people to use traditional, established, and yes, still functional, okay, means of contact and communication. doesn't mean I hate you doesn't mean I don't want anything to do with you. We just need to have some boundaries, and we need to control. I need to control how much access you have. Maybe that's a better way to put it. You know, I think it should be a real privilege to have anytime access to your life, like we do, I think, with social media. I mean, how many of your friends would you give a key to your house to or let, let just allow to walk in the front door? Me? Not very fucking many. Not everyone deserves carte blanche. You know, to offer thoughts and opinions. Not everybody. Uh, because while everyone's entitled to their thoughts and opinions, not all thoughts are worthwhile. Not all opinions are created equal, fuckos. Anyhow, much of what I had put together over the last month or so had to do with Ferguson. Uh, but next to nothing about Michael Brown and or Darren Wilson themselves. Uh, I kind of have taken the tract with Ferguson uh, that I took with Trayvon Martin, and that's disconnected interest. Of course, I'm interested in what happened, but we really don't know for sure. People think they know, but they really don't. There's an informational vacuum, and in that vacuum, uh, the propaganda machines have just taken over. They're trying to bully and drag you into their preferred echo chambers. Uh, you know, I have no idea what happened on that street, and, you know, to be honest, detective, neither do you. To me, it really doesn't matter. Not in the bigger picture. Because, uh, right or wrong, I didn't know him. So to me, there are bigger stories than what happened to this individual kid, this one kid. First, the continuing catastrophic institutional failure, especially when it comes to blacks, law enforcement, and the justice system, and the relationship between the three. And, you know, watching the news coverage, you know, one thing that struck me was the constant incredible, incredible level of authentic distrust. Uh, not only by those involved directly in the shooting, but just those in the community. The distrust wasn't exactly unexpected, but it was the one thing, I think, that drove the story. The people don't trust public officials and public institutions as though the system is rigged against them. That is something I can't understand. You know, I've been in the court system a time or two. 
And I've seen cops lie. I've seen cops profile. Personally, I have my veggie bus traffic stop slash drug search that we endured in Tennessee back in 2009. The probable cause that led us to sitting on the side of I-40 for two hours while the bus was searched by, uh, you know, paramilitary drug troopers. (laughs) A dirty license plate. That wasn't dirty. They just said it was. That was the excuse they gave. There wasn't anything on that fucking license plate. We looked. Nothing on it. Uh, They profiled the bus. You know, the search was one thing, but there was also bullying of one of the other passengers. Why? Because he suffered from severe anxiety. He'd been pulled over by cops, hauled out of the bus, and put on the side of the road while the bus was searched for drugs. He had an anxiety attack, and they bullied him. They said he was acting suspicious. He was acting weird. Of course he was. We had no recourse. What could we do about it? The lack of accountability. That's another thing altogether. There are completely different justice systems for the rich than there are for poor people and black people. The people in Ferguson are, of course, intimately aware of this. They've seen it over and over and over again. And uh, details of the shooting aside, you could hear that acute awareness in their voices in the days following the shooting. I mean, they had the same extreme tone Baggy McTeabagger takes when he discusses Benghazi. It's this wild, rabid mistrust, right? Except in this case, it's justified. A lot of people may not like what I have to say, but what specifically happened to Michael Brown was as irrelevant to the protest aftermath as the convenience store video was to the shooting. What is, in my opinion, of greater relevance was the militarized response to the protests. A military response to what was, for the most part, a peaceful demonstration. Whatever vandalizing and looting was taking place in Ferguson, at least during the first few days, was isolated and certainly, certainly not taking place in the middle of Florissant Avenue where snipers sitting atop military-grade vehicles were aiming military weaponry, lobbing tear gas at demonstrators, and, and, and arresting and intimidating American journalists. The scene in North St. Louis was something straight out of Tunisia. And again, had nothing to do with the details of the death of Michael Brown. Whatever happened to him has no bearing on how and why a militarized domestic police force moves to essentially crush a public demonstration. You know, over the last month, I've written volumes on the militarization of domestic law enforcement and how they've circumvented posse comitatus or comitatus, however you pronounce it. It's the prohibition of using uh, the military to engage in domestic law enforcement. And they've circumvented that by simply militarizing existing law enforcement. And I was writing on how that's sort of been creeping up on us for 40 years under the guise first of the war on drugs and then twat, the war against terror. But inevitably, while I was trying to prepare this podcast, I was always sucked into and distracted by fucktard America to the point that, again, the propaganda has become the story. The discourse that's polluting cable news and social media is dumbfounding and revoltingly ignorant. Both conservatives and liberals went into ideological convulsions over Ferguson. No real interest in authentic truth. Only twisting the limited available information in order to push their specific agendas. Discourse my ass. On the left, by God, it was perfectly obvious that Michael Brown was a nice, wholesome young man who was harassed by an evil, racist cop and executed in the street for no reason at all. 
But by golly, on the right, Michael Brown was clearly an aggressive thug ape who attacked one of our noble law enforcement heroes. A hero who was being attacked. And clearly, clearly, obviously, right? Well, he fired in self-defense. He even had a shattered eye socket until he didn't. (laughs) Ferguson, the community itself, reacted to something that happened in the community. Okay? But tribalized America reacted based on conclusions instinctively drawn from ideological preference. And the news media, doing their commercial-driven duty, simply reflected and perpetuated it. Gave you the product you demanded. Uh, Much to their advertisers' glee, of course. Then there was the tribal trailer park. Social media. After a week or two, I simply checked out. Social media, television, all of it. And that started when the fascist rights Uncle Tom's, you know, the Tea Party's useful idiots, began saying things like, arresting reporters in Ferguson is no big deal because you know what? At least we ain't beheading them. Really? What the fuck is wrong with you? I ask again, what the fuck is wrong with you? ISIS is setting the standard for Marconceptionalism now? Really? Here's some excerpts from some other conversations with some right-wing pseudo-fascists. This transition's been going on for years. As our society has been decaying, we are forced into a militant state. (laughs) That's horseshit. Social decay, huh? Crime peaked somewhere around 1991. 23 years ago, 1991, that's when crime peaked, and it's been declining ever since. Violent crime, everything. And how many of those crimes, how much of that social decay, has been due to pot-related possession charges? Huh? The guy sounded like Nixon. And no, I don't mean the the Missouri governor. I mean Tricky Dick. Uh, But what really kills me is how these folks think that Obamacare is big government unconstitutional tyranny. Take our country back. (laughs) But having a de facto military force engaged in nationwide law enforcement, cleverly circumventing posse comitatus, somehow is common sense public safety. Bizarre. Here's more. Every profession has members that are just bad. Some officers do enjoy the power trip. Well, no shit. And some are truly corrupt, but I'm not sure that the entire system is broken and corrupt. It's just some of the people in it. (laughs) How many other professionals, aside from, you know, legitimate military, how many are armed, empowered to perform home invasions and searches and arrest people at will? (laughs) Perhaps a slightly higher fucking psychological standard should be demanded than, say, from an office temp at the DMV. Again, I can't get over the irony of small government patriots who think that Obamacare is tyranny, yet a militarized police force recreating images of Iraq and Kent State is perfectly fine. If that's your idea of common sense, keep it. Okay? More on the militarized police force. I don't have a problem with it. I try to live by laws. And if you do that, you won't have an issue. Obey the law, and you won't get your ass kicked by the police. I think that works regardless of your race. That's the same argument the politicians use to legitimize the NSA and to sell the Patriot Act, uh, which this small government guy has railed against. How does that attitude jive with that supposed rugged American independence and individualism? 
Conservatives who tout their maniacal love for the founding fathers yet clearly would have been compliant, loyalist lapdogs a couple of hundred years ago. They absolutely kill me. I've read other statements like, if everyone just stopped with that racism thing, it all just go away and everything would go to court and come out the way the law is supposed to do it. And my favorite, this is what happens when you don't slap a dog when it bites you. I really don't think you have to read too deeply to figure out what that means. You channel David Duke and George Wallace much? Actually, I should probably ask, do you even know who they are? (laughs) Real quotes from real freedom-loving Americans. You gotta love that white conservative bubble. I could not believe the stuff that I was hearing and reading. And it was beyond just run-of-the-mill ignorance, you know? I've been hearing things that are so ridiculous and patently not only un-American, but just infantile. Almost always from self-proclaimed patriots uh, they, they, that they stop me in my tracks. I mean, sometimes so ridiculous and patently just false that they shock and astound me to the point of being speechless. Me, speechless. Me. Can you believe that? <laughs> it's as though these thoughts have been conceived with the intention of being so stupid that when said with a straight face, they just stupefy, literally stupefy who's ever there to hear it. Stupefy them into shocked, befuddled silence. As though the new fascist tactic is to, I don't know, confound the opposition with sheer, utter, brazen, and repeated fucktartery. <laughs> it's mislabeled as straight talk. And here's the kicker. This wasn't happening off in isolation somewhere. The thoughts were being repeated by different people in different places. They were getting it from somewhere. They were parroting. Same talking points, same arguments, same cheap propaganda slogans. Make your country back, sheeple! Again and again. I've gone into parroting before. It's not something that's new. But the difference here is that they've recently plunged over the cliff and into the sea of unabashed stupidity. Anyway, uh, while I was executing my social media guest room purge... (laughs) Last month, I also concluded that uh, I was indeed going to be traveling extensively this winter. So I re-added some of my old uh, travel contacts and people that I'd met on the road. And, uh, you know, it's that whole part of my life moving forward thing. Find people that uh, I wanted to reconnect with. Social media, great way to do it. Uh, One person I added, I had met back in the uh, spring of 2009. A guy I really liked a lot. Good guy. Uh, And then when I added him, (laughs) almost immediately... I saw that he had uh, posted something on the Proud White American Facebook page. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew he was a conservative guy, but I had missed the racist part, especially considering uh, he employs Central American illegals. They work at his business. Honduras. That's where they're from. Might know a couple. <laughs> and uh, I had to check out that page, especially considering the stuff that I had been seeing, you know, after Ferguson. And holy fuck, I found, finally, I think the spring, the source of where all this unabashed stupidity and ignorance was coming from. It was here all along, man. Some of them had just simply run off the reservation after Ferguson. They'd taken their message outside of the echo chambers, presumably, I don't know, engorged with reinforced ignorance enough to assume that it would play out here (laughs) in the real world. 
And this page, this proud white American Facebook page, makes 1955 look like Woodstock. Oh, and uh, through that page, I discovered that there are other proud racist pages to behold as well. Pages like Stop White Genocide. Now, let me be clear here, okay? Stop White Genocide. They're not trying to stop whites from committing genocide. That's right. They literally believe that the white race is being exterminated by Obama and the socialist godless liberals with their diversity, which is, of course, to them, really the mongrelization of the races, the end of the proud white race. Now, that particular page, uh, the uh, white genocide thing, that has been taken down where they figured out that I was silently trolling it and blocked me. I don't know. I can't find it now. Uh, But fret not, there are plenty more out there. Pages like Pissed Off White Americans. Uh, Another one, White and Proud. Mm -hmm. There's one called Europe for Europeans. And on and on and on. It's not just the United States. This isn't just an American thing. These pages are not hard to find. But they do tend to vanish when enough people report them to Facebook. Uh, In fact, one group solicited emails so that they could rebuild their Facebook clan when they were finally lynched by that race traitor Zuckerberg. Now, these groups, of course, are the extremists. Uh, But there are others out there that are much more mainstream. Uh, One in particular has nearly 200,000 followers. It's called Patriot Nation. (laughs) Of course, it has Patriot in the name, right? Anyhow, uh, their racism is subtle and uh, toned down, at least, at least among the administrators and the people that post, and uh, redirected toward Muslims and Obama. And by perusing these sites and adding them to my feed for the last few weeks, I've finally come to understand where this staggering ignorance that's being proudly displayed as though it's philosophical brilliance was, was coming from. And the links on these pages, they looked awfully familiar. It was the same shit that was being shared by my recently exiled Facebook pals. You know, I've been talking about echo chambers for a really long time, over and over again. You hear me say it a lot. I know that. Yet I think I underestimated just how bad the problem is. We are not only divided. We are living in different fucking dimensions. With different intellectual laws of physics and vastly different interpretations of what the facts are. In their world, Obama really is, really is, literally, to them, Obama really is the Antichrist. He's not only incompetent, but you know what? He's in cahoots with ISIS and plotting to destroy America by letting Muslim extremists cross the border with diseased illegals and execute terrorist attacks. Why, you ask? Well, so he can institute martial law or worse, Sharia law. That's what he wants. He wants Sharia law brought to the shores of America. Seriously. They literally believe ferociously this Glenn Beck, Alex Jones shit. In their world, Benghazi really is the worst scandal ever. Worse worse than Watergate. I ran contra all of it. Benghazi. 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 (laughs) Many of these people really believe that liberals want to eradicate their religion and put all Christians in FEMA camps. 
And yeah, many really do believe, again fiercely, that diversity is code for white genocide. They have become the victim. They have become the persecuted. They are the ones that are being threatened. There's an enemy now. And those are the two things that fascists need. They need to be persecuted, and they need an enemy. And they have several. The version of bat shittery that I was exposed to last month was the watered-down version. It's disturbing. If another 9-11 were to hit this week, I don't think we would tear another country apart like we did Iraq and Afghanistan in the last decade. We would tear ourselves to shreds. Ideological civil war. I think it's a real threat now. Ferguson and its aftermath was only a tiny, tiny little barometer, I think now, of where we really are. And I think I, myself, even with things, even with things like my Independence Day podcast that I thought (laughs) was possibly over the line, I think I may have underestimated and understated the condition that we're in right now. The threat that's lying in wait, building, it's arming itself, even on pages like Patriot Nation. Seriously, they hawk weaponry on that page. Go look. Go check it out. Do you think I'm paranoid? I'm not alone. Radical, right-wing, fanatical militia groups are considered by some federal anti-terrorist officials to be a greater domestic threat right now than radical, militant Muslims. Have you ever heard of the sovereign movement? Take a listen to this. Now, START is a government program funded by the Department of Homeland Security. They're supposed to know the threats. START believes the greatest potential threat to America is the sovereign citizen movement. America better wake up if we're going to live in this country with any kind of freedom and liberty. That's pretty recent, but it didn't take everyone so long to sort of catch on to this. Uh, This quote I'm about to read you is from 2010 uh, from The Atlantic. It goes like this. Among other items of evidence seized from Timothy McVeigh's car when he was arrested 15 years ago next month outside of Oklahoma City was a papered quote from Samuel Adams that says, When the government fears the people, there is liberty, the quote read. When the people fear the government, there is tyranny. Sound familiar? And I'm still quoting here. Lest anyone remain unsure about McVeigh's motivation for the cold-blooded murder of 168 innocents at the Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building, the self-styled Patriot wore to the attack a t-shirt with the Latin inscription, Six Semper Tyrannis, and the Thomas Jefferson line, The Tree of Liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. End quote. Six Semper Tyrannis, that means thus always to tyrants. Does that sound familiar to you? If you're well-versed in history, it might. That's what John Wilkes Booth yelled after he shot Abraham Lincoln and jumped on the stage at Ford's Theater. Those are your patriots. Terrorists are everywhere, okay? And they're always disguising themselves as patriots. In fact, they think they're patriots. It's not a disguise. They actually believe it. Everybody likes to invoke Hitler when you're having these conversations. He thought he was a patriot. He thought he was reinstating German glory. Mussolini wanted to restore the Roman Empire. They're always patriots. Always looking out for the culture and national heritage. They're always nationalists. Flags everywhere. There is a huge distinction to be made 
between patriotism, love of country, and nationalism, that your country can do no wrong, that your country is the greatest thing ever, that's nationalism. And nationalism is at the root of just about every war of aggression. Nationalism started both World War I and World War II. These right-wing groups are nationalist groups. They're not patriotic. Think long and hard on that. The distinction between patriotism and nationalism. It's a huge distinction to be made. Another suggestion. I suggest you go take a peek at some of these far-right fascist, yes, fascist, they are fascist organizations. Also, find and watch uh, the Timothy McVeigh interviews. Compare the language. Compare the ideas to these right-wing groups. Then ask yourself, WWMD, what would McVeigh do? I'm going to post the entire Atlantic article if you want to read it. It's chilling. And how has the landscape deteriorated since that article was written (laughs) almost five years ago? Consider that the Klan not only raised money publicly for Darren Wilson and Ferguson, but they're feeling that they're on, on, on solid enough ground now that the culture is changed to the point that they can actually begin canvassing-style recruitment drives with flyers and candy to boost their membership. It's incredible. The Ku Klux Klan. Consider that to these extremists, okay, John McFucking Kane is not conservative enough. Eric Cantor was not conservative enough. John Boehner is a rhino. Also consider that the Teds, the Teds, Cruz and Nugent, they're not batshit. They're just good Americans just talking sense. Straight talk. America. Saying things like, deport all Muslims immediately, stop all Muslims from coming into the United States, no Muslim student visas, all Muslims are filthy, disgusting people that worship Satan. This was a public comment. This was posted, this was said in public. Saying that in public is just good old American patriotism, these fucks. Are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? This This sounds like something out of Mein Kampf. Zig Heil, motherfucker. Zig Heil. Also, think that the aforementioned Cliven Bundy, do you think he was an extremist outlier? <clears throat> Hardly. Emboldened by that uh, Bundy standoff out there in Nevada, there are literally, right now, defiant armed militia groups, immigration vigilantes, heading to the Mexican border to enforce our border and our laws. It's all over these pages. You can go find it. You can see for yourself. I've said it a thousand times. This is the golden age of propaganda. Social media has connected us all. It's happened. The class reunions and the social groups, you know, they were the shiny, happy, furry side. But on the scaly, infected, and festering underbelly, the ideologues and the extremists have connected as well. What was viewed as a positive in Tunisia, in Egypt, during, you know, that Arab Spring thing, it's working its antithetical black magic. And not just here, kids. I alluded to it earlier. Fascism slithering forth from cultural swamps worldwide. Old-timey European fascism is bubbling up as well. Especially in places like France, and Great Britain, and Greece, and yes, Germany. But it's not anti-Semitism this time. This time is driven by, yeah, 
that same familiar anti-Muslim and anti-immigration fever. Fascism is actually spreading. It's growing. It's communicable. It's airborne. Everywhere. The fascist refrains the same as it's always been. Our country's being taken away from us. We need to take our country back. Fight tyranny. It's all related. Wake up, sheeple. You know, there's a Pew poll out there that says that uh, 30% of Americans get their news from social media. I want you to think about that for just a second. News from social media. Next, I want you to consider just how unsophisticated the average American news consumer really is. Now, not tonzillophiles, not you guys, of course. I mean, you clearly, clearly have a highly developed, highly sophisticated and cultivated sense of informational discernment. That's obvious. But the average American, it's idiocracy. Consider also how incredibly easy it is for misinformation to spread virally and be ingested and interpreted as fact. Happens all the time, right? Uh, most, especially ideologues and partisans, are uh, usually, they're either unwilling or unable to decipher between news and propaganda. As Tavis Smiley put it uh, last week on The Daily Show, most people just look to have their already established views validated. That's what they consider news, man. That means their news sources are not only CNN and Fox News, which are bad enough, but worse. Things like Conservative Daily, Right-Wing News, American Thinker, WorldNet Daily, Breitbart, Drudge, Glenn Beck, Alex Jones, Limbaugh, MSNBC, Huffington Post, Newsmax, The Nation, Daily Coast, even Mashable and Vice are considered news now. In America, in 2014, there is no such thing as objective news anymore. There's an infinite number of commercialized and disseminated spins of choice, right? Which is, of course, by definition, propaganda. <laughs> Facts spun to an agenda. Seriously, think about it for just a second. Where is the news, the objective news, to enlighten the citizenry? The traditional big three, you know, the over-the-air networks, they may walk the closest to that line, but they themselves have been a joke for years. It's the money, man. It's the money. The money, stupid. They're not informing you. They're telling you what you want to hear with hand-spun, reality-based entertainment. It's a product to be sold. Because if they don't, if they don't do that, with the advent of the Internet especially, and the endless supply of on-demand happy facts... Between the internet and cable, you're going to go elsewhere. You're going to go find what you want to hear. We are officially tribalized. The internet was supposed to bring us together. It was supposed to connect the world into one big global community. But people don't want that, do they? They don't want one big global community. They want to congregate and huddle with their own kind. Yeah, you too, hippies. Yeah, you're all about diversity and tolerance. I know, I know, as long as the others are nodding along to your adopted points of view. Have you ever tried to challenge a liberal on feminist, gay, or political correctness doctrine? Oh, so that's tolerance, huh? <laughs> that's one area where I'm very, very happy to agree with just about every conservative. Dogmatic liberals are as intolerant as the saggiest teabagger. It's a fact. They're nowhere near as racially intolerant, but they're definitely 
just as intellectually intolerant as any conservative. America, collectively, you are not interested in facts, let alone objective news. Not in the real sense, you're not. You're so used to being catered to that you now expect your news to be politically and ideologically personalized. Egocentrically supersized. <laughs> Very few of you are intellectually flexible enough to objectively look at information, new or otherwise, and then reevaluate your monolithic opinions and views. I've begun to wonder if it's even in our nature, whether there's something that's in our DNA that's wired to simply protect our personal tribe at all costs. Something that manifests itself through nationalism, ideology, race, religion. Something that leads us to engineer and rationalize any and all personal conclusions backwards from a tribalized groupthink point of view. Sure seems that way to me. Now, if that's the case, the internet and its ability to instantly connect us with millions of others in our own little tribes may indeed be the end of that silly utopian idea of peace. You know, I've long since held the thought in my head that, as Bill Hicks put it, we're a clever virus with shoes. Uh, the humanovirus may finally have the ability to intellectually isolate and strengthen its various strains to wage war against itself eradicate itself. Sort of like cancer cells attacking healthy cells, you know? But, but who among us are the healthy ones? Every group thinks they are. Every single one. Christians, Muslims, liberals, conservatives, environmentalists, climate change deniers, everybody. They all think that they are the healthy ones. They all think they are right. Everyone else, the outlanders, well, they, they, they're the ones that are the cancer. As I mentioned earlier, every tyrannical, Stalin-esque mass murderer throughout history thought he was the antibody attacking the social disease, right? Hitler's cancer was the Jews, yeah? Nothing's changed. Islam's cancer is Christianity, uppity women and infidels of all kinds. Christianity has gays, atheists, abortionists, and Muslims. Capitalists have socialists and communists, right? The takers. Communists have the fascists, the fascists have the communists, the Bolsheviks, and whoever the fuck they feel is attacking their national heritage this week. Think about it. There are millions and millions among us right now who are willing to sacrifice the planet, the fucking planet, to the almighty dollar. Those among us who will look the other way at oil companies paying climate change academics, people studying climate change, the oil companies are paying paying them to come up with agreeable conclusions, affecting critical policy changes that, unless undertaken, actually threaten the fucking planet, simply because looking the other way supports their ideology, their tribe. We're most certainly a creative, industrious, inventive, yet conflicted species, aren't we? We're capable of love, but inclined toward killing. And sadly, despite any overly optimistic moonbeamers' proclamations that a new dawn is coming, uh, there's no indication that our better nature will prevail. None. And in fact, there's considerable evidence to the contrary. We're all connected now, fuckos. It's time to choose sides, isn't it? Pick your echo chamber and work hard to learn why you're supposed to hate your enemies. Me and a few others, well, we're going to be out here watching your self-righteous shithouse fall hoping either the mothership or, or the asteroid 
arrives soon before you kill us and every other fucking species on the planet. Our species is failing. I'm afraid that it's destined to be little more than a galactic footnote. Another extinct, destructive, cancerous mutation. Something that vanished on the evolutionary cul-de-sac. America. America.